Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Grateful that you have chosen to join us. And this is the show where you call me. And we talk about things on the air and are open to a fresh working of the Holy Spirit. It is a a ministry show. It's not a Bible Answer Man show. And there are other shows in town or other avenues for that. Although we do go over Bible questions from time to time. um, But it's more ministry. Um, It's more life application of Bible um, rather than controversy. Um, We're definitely not arguing Um, It's not a place for argumentation or those types of things. It's Calvary Live, and it's really getting our eyes on Calvary, uh, keeping our eyes focused on the things of Jesus Christ, and this is the show where we get to talk on the radio all around the country. Uh, We welcome everyone on Hope FM, on Truth FM. We welcome to our stations on California, and of course, Grace FM up and down the Front Range throughout Colorado and Wyoming and Nebraska. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. The text number, it's dedicated, 720-336-0897. And I want to invite you to services this weekend at Calvary Church here in Aurora. Uh, we meet on Saturday mornings. Ex- excuse me, Saturday mornings. Yeah, there's a prayer meeting, and the guys, the men are there uh, for men's ministry. Uh, so definitely you can show up Saturday morning, but our services are Saturday night, uh, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 8.45, 10.45. We also have a Wednesday night Bible study. We had such a glorious time last night with Pastor Kenny Neasel from Komaki, South Africa, which is a suburb in Cape Town. What an amazing work he's doing with the ministry called New Hope. They ministered to a hundred, th- I mean, this was amazing, A hundred over 110,000 people last year, primarily through their medical clinic, but it's all done in the name of Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. And I was so grateful as he took us through uh, an update on the ministry um, because he's a missionary. He and Carla and his family um, who we support as a church, and he also did the Bible study and shared with us about the the power of a seed. <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, it was, it was a it was a powerful message, uh, yet a simple concept. Uh, and I love how he laid it out. Uh, what would you rather have, the peach or the seed? And peach, pit, or seed? And of course, most of us want the fruit, but there's no fruit without the seed. Great. And speaking forth God's word is the truth that develops in our lives, the seed of the gospel. Good stuff. 303-690-3000. Wow, here's a heavy one. Uh, Texting while we're waiting for calls to come through. 
Um, I don't know that I can give you a definitive answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to tackle it. it. It's a simple question. Why does grieving come years after a death? Well, uh, I have in the last five years, uh, really the last six and a half years lost three significant people, really four, if you count some, uh, another young man, but uh, three significant people to death uh, and one as a result of the death. But my father passed away, my son passed away, uh, and then my mom. And that really put me into a place of learning about grief uh, while I was grieving. Or I could I put it in the past tense, but... You know, grief is like a wave. It just comes, settles, and comes, and settles. So why does it come years after a death? Because the depth of pain in grief uh, is unexplainable. Death is an enemy. And so part of grief is dealing with the enemy of death, the death of our loved ones. I believe it becomes a part of spiritual warfare uh, in our lives, that it's not just a physiological uh, feeling, but it is. It's not just an emotional feeling, it is. It's not just a physical feeling, it is. It's also a spiritual battle. And so our minds and and our bodies and our emotions all work in conjunction uh, with one another to, to handle a great loss and a great pain. And so why does grieving come years after a death is because I, I'm going to say that you're going to grieve until you see Jesus face to face. The deeper the love, the deeper the pain. And then in some cases, there's a lot of drama uh, by other people that are still living that are related to the death. And, and that only perpetuates pain. Or as I've written in my blog, pain upon pain. Uh, it's un- unbelievable uh, what people endure after the loss of a loved one, whether it's uh, issues with the will or the trust or it's issues with children or grandchildren or parents or it, or it's the interference of in-laws or the interference of, of who knows, just everyone having an opinion. Um, let me tell you a great book. Well, first of all, I'll I'll respond to the text, but uh, email me at pastored at calvaryaurora.org, and I'll send you uh, a couple of good resources. I'll send you links that you can get them, a couple of great resources on grief, and even discouragement, depression type of stuff because of what grief does. Uh, But for those of you listening right now, uh, there's a couple things I'd suggest uh, during this holiday season. One is to go to the website griefshare.org griefshare.org, great resources there, uh, as well as look for the local class, um, let me see what we called it, Surviving the Holidays, and I know we have one coming up here at Calvary Church in Aurora, uh, where it's just a one couple hour workshop, uh, it's not the whole class, it's just a workshop to prepare you, I've got the, I recently pulled out the handbook because I attended it myself, um, and um, 
It is a survival guide, and it's just a lot of great you know, tips for surviving social events, uh, the strength to survive, the importance of having a plan, um, you're never alone, prepare for hard-hitting moments, powerful stuff. Uh, and we have a surviving the holiday. Just call the church. They can get it off the calendar. Um, but a great question. Please email me, Pastor Ed, calvaryaurora.org, and I will send you some links on Amazon that will get you to some books and resources. Also on our app, our free app, Cal- just go to your app store, no matter what you what device, put in the words Calvary Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A, uh, and search for our app. On our app, I did a series called uh, Help, uh, Hope or Help for the Troubled Heart. We changed the word because I don't want to be confused with uh, some of the things that um, Greg Laurie wrote, uh, but I did a six-week series on that topic for our church, uh, and I did, you know, I, it's just one of those Bible studies, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I mean, depending on where you're at, that uh, came through me and not just from me, and I uh, we're developing it right now into a book, and I want to distribute it uh, uh, around the world to help people. So pray for us uh, as we develop it into a written resource. And And I write stuff on my blog uh, about grief. So go to my website, edtaylor, E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R.org. Don't go to edtaylor.com. That's a professional Santa Claus, and I'm not a professional Santa Claus. I'm a pastor, mediocre pastor at best. So just go to edtaylor.org. I think the Santa Clauses are making bank now. Um, And so edtaylor.com is one of those professional guys. All right. We are jumping in. Lines are full. Good stuff. Uh, Let's go to line one is Renee in Greeley. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, I had been listening to um, a pastor on... Grace FM, you know, it's been quite a while back, but I kind of got in on the end of it, and uh, he was talking about falling from grace, and it had something to do with legalistic ideas or thoughts, and I guess I don't really know where that that comes from or what that is, (laughs) falling from grace. Well, uh, I just noticed that my Bible program isn't open, so let me figure out what I need to do to get it open here uh, and find a phrase for you. I can't really speak to what you heard on Grace FM because I don't know what they said. Sure, how they and said I it. got in on the middle of it, so I don't know either. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's two views whenever you read uh, through the Bible about people turning away from God or falling from grace. I think, you know, if I remember correctly, I'm going to say Paul probably mentioned that to the Galatians, but I'm just guessing right now. And some people would view that as losing their salvation, and some people would uh, view that, um, and I come, I don't view that first view at all. I don't believe a person can um, lose their salvation. Uh, you're born again, sealed by the Holy Spirit, safe and secure in Jesus Christ. Real believers have confidence and assurance in their salvation. Uh, and so this idea of falling from grace or this idea of walking away from the Lord or, or um, you know, where John would say later in First John, keep yourselves in the love of God, um, has everything to do with a, a life of obedience and progress. Uh, and I, as my software program's coming up, so let me get my Bible program open here. I'm almost positive it's in Galatians. 
it sounds like something and 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 that would be where the legalism comes from in terms oh. of of writing to the church in the churches in the Galatia region because um they were being tempted to um they were being tempted to go back to the law uh, they were being tempted to um well here i find it in hebrews chapter 12 so let's see um, i find the phrase so let's see what we got here um for some reason i'm sorry i should have been prepared i got onto the air late today and i mean That's super right. late they were texting me and they were like are you are we going to play a, a an encore because i w i didn't get to the studio fast oh enough my goodness. so uh, let's see if i can get this um so in hebrews chapter um let's see here so Hebrews chapter 12, um, and it makes sense, doesn't it? it would, he would write it to the Hebrews too, but in Hebrews 12, he would say, um, pursue peace with all people, this is Hebrews twelve fourteen, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So this phrase is directly related to uh, not being at peace with people, uh, not f living a, a holy life um, and being careful of bitterness that takes root in our lives um, and, because the grace of God enables us, right, to pursue peace, enables us to live a holy life. I mean, with, without the grace of God, we can do nothing. Um, the grace of God is the very means by which God saves us, uh, uh, keeps us strength, strong, um, keeps us uh, moving forward. Uh, and then by the time we get to Galatians 5, he says, you've become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from mm -hmm. grace. And so the idea here in Galatians would be uh, someone that believes that they're saved by their works. They're not living in grace. They're even denying grace uh, because our works will never save us. Um, they never have and they never will. Uh, and so it's a multifaceted phrase, Galatians 5 yeah. and also... Um, Hebrews 12 has a, has that phrase, um, both. All right. Well, that, that makes total sense uh, with the legalism as well. That, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I know that uh, many people catch things on Grace FM. Um, mm -hmm. I would suggest, you know, if you're driving, that you just speak into your phone like, hey, Siri, uh, remind me about this <laughs> radio program. And, and if you get the time, then we can find the teacher. Uh, sure, sure. And, and then you I can connect with them directly. I wish I was that tech savvy, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you have like the old school, when I used to drive with my mom, you know, she would just say, write this down. And so it right. would passenger seat. <laughs> so, you know, you can do old school if you need to. Sure. Well, thank you so much for the answer. It's been kind of sitting on my dashboard for quite a while. And I, I got the uh, urge to give you a call today. Well, very good question. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and questions. Joe's down in the Springs, Colorado Springs. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Uh, greetings to you. Uh, listen to you on the way home from work, and then I actually uh, catch you once in a while when you visit uh, Eric Cartier's church here at RMC, but we haven't seen you in a while. It has been a while. I, I always love visiting. I love the work there. Yes, sir. 
my my question is, I'll just keep it brief. You know, uh, okay. I think it's in Matthew when the Lord was telling the, some of the people, he said, depart from me, I never knew you. Now, you know, I know there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, fake Christians out there, you know, so to speak. And then how does one guarantee uh, that, you know, you're not the person that the Lord's speaking to, you know, being a born-again believer? Because, you know, it, I know it's, it's like a, a broad answer that could be applied to that, but uh, kind of like briefly, okay. I just kind of wanted to get your take on that. Well, a couple of things, and then and then we'll try to use a, a simple illustration. Uh, the Bible tells us that we can know that we know that we're saved. Um, and so for me, even though I certainly have my days of doubts or my days of concern or my difficult days as a believer, there really is no question in my life that I'm born again. And I don't mean because I'm a pastor or any of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a conscious understanding of who I was before I was born again and the work that God has done from that moment on. I mean, I am, and I think many people can can say the same thing about their own lives, like even if they didn't have a, a so for example, for for the, the first group, that those that have a dramatic uh, rescuing testimony of the grace of God, it's easier to have assurance of salvation than those that might be raised in a godly home, although that's a pretty uh, powerful testimony that my parents raised me right. I accepted Jesus Christ. I might have failed and made a mistake and done great, you know, weird things, but but I am born again, and God forgives me by the blood of the Lamb, and I believe in God's Word. And so I think most people have a dramatic, uh, powerful testimony that they could look back to and say, I see the work of God in my life, number one. Number two, people like you, Joe, that are asking this question— it's another sign of assurance, right? Because people that are faking it don't really care. They're, mm, they're not really interested in, they're, they're not really wanting to know if they're assured because they already know they're liars and deceivers. And, and then thirdly, the third, thing, third illustration that I would use is people that lie know they're lying. Uh, and so for the people that are in the presence of the Lord in eternity there there's a there's a an instance where Jesus says depart from me you workers of iniquity even though they were involved in spiritual things it's Luke uh, chapter 13 um, verse 27 it's in the section where we're being taught about the narrow way um, mm-hmm. you know it says you know um, uh, they when the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, you begin to stand outside. Uh, you knock, Lord, Lord, open to us. And you know, we ate and drank in your presence. And in another place, he says, we did these good deeds in your name. Depart from you, workers of iniquity. Uh, and he uses that again. Um, oh, I want to say it's in Matthew. Um, but the, the idea of those that will be shocked in eternity is because they were they were living life that I, A, number one, I think that they were lying, uh, and then, then two, they were doing good deeds, but for their own, for their own motives. It wasn't the motives of Christ. Um, now, there's a similar occurrence for believers that will stand at the judgment seat of Christ, or also known as the Bema seat of Christ, where we'll be surprised, I think, as our motives are being sorted out, 
but only true believers face that judgment. Uh, and you and I can expect to um, to can expect to stand before the Lord at the bema seat. But the Bible's filled with um, examples that you can be sure of your salvation, not because of your good deeds, not because of your Bible reading or your church attendance, but because, like for example, Philippians one six, He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And there are behaviors and changes that accompany salvation. Uh, and and I think most people, even if they have their lapses and you know doubts here and there, most people can look at their life and say, I, I do love Jesus. I do live for him. I'm an imperfect person, but I do believe I'm born again. And, and as you turn to the Word and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the sufficiency of God's grace— you, he he gives to you a confirmation of that insurance, and that those that stand before Jesus will be shocked, I think, to find out that they were always known as frauds before the Lord. Oh, that's great. I appreciate that, sir. Well, it's a great question. I I I like the um, I, I like the the way that you that drew you to. To, to saying, how do you know if you can be? How do you? How do I know that I'm saved? Yes, sir. And uh, I, I uh, continue continue what you do because we enjoy listening to you. Or I enjoy listening to you on the way home. So, uh, just blessings awesome. to you and your ministry. You're welcome. Well, you're welcome, and I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number taking your calls and questions. Let's keep going and see what we have next. Jack in Colorado Springs. Jack, welcome to the program. Thank you, Ed. Um, hey, I, ever since I was young, you know, I always heard that the Jews were considered God's chosen people. Or Yes. And, and I always thought, wow, how cool to be a Jew, right? But then, yes. um, you know, the question always came to my mind is that why is it like somebody like Paul— who accepted Christ, why is a, a Jew that, that now accepts Christ as the Messiah, why is he not considered a Jew now? And why, I guess, why are we all not considered kind of Jews, being that we kind of have the base of the Jewish religion, and then we accept Christ as the Messiah? Does that make sense? It does. It does. Actually, the Bible addresses some of those questions. You know, first of all, there are three people groups mentioned in the Bible. There are Jews, there are Gentiles, and then the third group are known as Christians, or the body of Christ. And so the identity of a Jew uh, is one who held that they were not only born a Jew, but they also participated in their relationship with God through Judaism, uh, at least biblically. Uh, most of Israel today is secular uh, as, a, as a country, they... They, they consider Judaism as the root of their, of their religion, but they don't really practice it very much. A, a Gentile is anyone that's not Jewish. It's probably you and me. Mm-hmm. And, and then the church is made up of Jews and Gentiles that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, and that's our new identity. We're Christ followers. Uh, and, and so in a practical sense, um, there are three people groups. In a spiritual sense... The Bible does speak to speak of you and I as Gentiles by faith being grafted in to uh, a Jewish identity spiritually, where 
the, the very cradle of Christianity is Judaism. And so there is a desire to bring oneness between Jews and Gentiles, but that oneness can only take place in Christ. And so in a spiritual sense, we do walk in the footsteps of Abraham. Uh, we do walk in, in, by faith like he did, but our identity, our identity is truly a Christ follower, uh, and, and we're Christians, and that's, we now identify by our faith in Jesus Christ, not by our national heritage, not by our upbringing, not by um, all the things that we do possess as human beings, but it's all secondary to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, how, where does that leave, like, the Jews of today? I mean, because, I, I, I mean, I know they need to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, but, like, you know, are they still considered God's chosen people? Because, I mean, I'm, and I'm, th- I'm thinking back, like, verses like John 2.23, you know, he who denies the Son does not have the Father, or something like that. So where are they today? Is it just for waiting for them to come around, or are they still God's chosen people, or how does, how does they, that work? They are. They're, they are God's chosen people, and the way that I believe the Bible unfolds is that right now, blind. the Bible says blindness in part has come to the Jew, and, and right now we're waiting for what the Bible refers to as the fullness of the Gentiles. And so God has turned his attention primarily to the Gentile world. That's basically who's getting saved right now, are non-Jewish people. But God has not cast the Jews aside forever, because after the rapture of the church, when God removes the church from this earth, and the great tribulation period begins, and God's judgment comes upon those who reject him, he's going to turn his heart back to the Jewish people. In the book of Revelation, we learn there are 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will go forth with the gospel, and that in some miraculous way, all of Israel will be saved. And I, I, there are two views on that. That One is that every living person, every Jewish person will turn their heart to Jesus Christ and embrace their Messiah. But the other view is that every, all of Israel that places their faith in Jesus Christ, that that's a presupposed condition, because that's a condition of salvation. Like, nobody gets saved against their will, um, will, will be saved in the Great Tribulation period. And so I don't subscribe to something known as replacement theology, where a whole segment of the Church, Roman Catholicism, the Reformed movement, Calvinism, um, Presbyterianism, all of, they, they believe, many, most believe in what's known as replacement theology, that God's heart for the Jew is no longer. I do not believe that. I don't believe the Bible teaches that, uh, and that God will indeed turn his attention toward the Jews uh, in the last days as he's bringing them all back to Israel. Um, so many Jews are going home. And we've seen the end times being fulfilled right before our eyes. That's good to hear, because, you know, I I feel like I have a soft heart towards Israel, and I'm just, yes. you know, it's like you want them to come around, and you just want them to be there, you know, as a brother. And, you know, so, anyway, well, thank you for shedding light on that. I definitely appreciate it. Hey, great question. Thanks for our calling. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Uh, 303-690-3000, and of course you can text me if we need uh, help. If we need to fill some time, we'll go to the text lines, 720-336-0897, and we're coming up on the first break, so I'm just going to wait to take the next call. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. 
303-690-3000 is the number. And I know that we've got Eddie waiting. We'll pick you up uh, after the break. Um, also, I was referencing uh, in that one question, I want to clarify with you guys, I was referencing back into Luke 13, but really where we need to look is Matthew chapter 7, uh, where that place where Jesus says on that day, you'll come to me, and he responds to them as, depart from me, workers of iniquity, Matthew 7. I just want to clarify that. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Church in Aurora. This is Calvary Live, originating from Grace FM, cold Colorado today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions uh, grateful to be a small part of the great, big, huge, humongous work that God is doing in your life. Welcome around the country, sometimes around the world. We're so glad that um, you are uh, tuning in, telling people about the show. Thanks for your texts. Uh, thanks for your support. Thanks for your financial giving. Help us. Would you please? Would you please help us finish the year strong here at Grace FM? Just go to our website, gracefm.com, hit the donate button, and follow the instructions. Uh, of course, if you're listening on Hope FM, support Hope FM. And if you're listening on Truth FM, support Truth FM. And if you're listening on any other station, support your local Christian uh, radio because the local Christian radio is supported locally. Uh, and those of you that benefit from it. But for those of you that benefit from Grace FM, go to the website, please, and support us. Help us finish the year strong. Uh, we put out a number of what would really help us at the end year, but we're just going to pray about it and uh, pray that people fulfill that and um, um, go beyond it. And, and we just aren't going to put a number out this year. But we know what the number is, and the Lord knows what the number is. So just go to gracefm.com. Or you can also go to gracefm.co because that's Colorado, uh, and uh, we you can donate. And again, uh, as we're asking on Calvary Live, I want to be sensitive to those of you listening on another station that you would be supportive of that local station. Because I know Hope FM has run out of a church, Grace FM has run out of the church, uh, Truth FM is a a ministry that uh, is supported. Um, on its own. So they really need the support. So just, if you're listening on the local station, please support that local station. You guys here, uh, Grace FM, the listenership continues to grow. We're almost eight years old, and the Lord is just overwhelming us with more and more feedback, more and more people. Um, we could use your help. So help us finish strong. Would you please? 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls and your questions. Let's go back to the phone lines, and we're going to pick up. Line number one is Eddie, who's been waiting in Inglewood, uh, Colorado. W welcome to the program. 
Hey, Pastor Ed, how you doing? Good. Um, I have a prayer request for uh, a couple people, actually. Um, I mean, I always focus on myself, I noticed. Um, I do try to focus on others. But long story short, this past week, uh, I thought I was going through a lot for my past five years. And uh, actually 10 years. But anyway, this past week, uh, I spoke with two different ladies. And um, I've prayed for them already, but I understand how powerful prayer is. So I'm just hoping the church will pray for them. Uh, One lady, I'm not sure if she's a believer. But and long story short, her story is she had a son who was in the Marines. Um, He did three tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, He ended up getting back. He had like three weeks left to get out of the military. This was about five years ago. Um, so him and his brother ended up going out. They got in a car accident. The lady ended up losing both her sons in one night. And then a year later, they went out to Mexico for a vacation. Her daughter, for some reason, just flipped out. Um, she was telling me the story. Uh, beat the crap out of part of my friend. She beat her up, uh, broke her nose, uh, injured her. Um, and so she was just telling me how the holidays have become a very bitter season. Um, so maybe we can pray for her. I'm not sure if she's a believer or not, um, but maybe that if she is, the Lord could work something out. And then the other lady, um, she was also going through stuff. She told me her story. It's kind of along the why same lines Eddie, as that. Why don't you just um, pray for them? Her, Eddie, um, just pray for them, bro. Go ahead. Um, our Father in Heaven, um, there's a lot of stuff going out. And uh, yes, Lord. Uh, a lot, lot of things happening with um, just evilness in this world, and um, the hatred is growing and everything else. And uh, Lord, mm-hmm. I just ask that you'll be with um, them and their families during these tough yes. times that are supposed to be a get-together and a bondship to uh, strengthen families, and their families are completely destroyed um, just due to um, chaos. And Lord, I ask that uh, you'll bring comfort and um, somehow joy and just easement to the strong emotions in which they're doing, dealing with. And, um, Lord, for myself, I just pray the strength in which I've seen from these folks, um, those that are older, I just ask that I could learn to have the same strength in which I've seen in them and how they deal with the stress and the struggles. And, um, Lord, I just ask that if the one lady doesn't know you, um, the little time I did get to talk to her about you, um, that you'll water that seed and you'll grow it. So hopefully her and her husband will come back and um, mm. um, or get to know you. And hopefully you could bring their daughter back and um, repair the bridge um, that has been broken. Um, Lord, I just ask this in your son's precious name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, and I thank you for this new sensitivity that you continue to grow in Eddie's life and that it would be used for your glory, God, that um, as much as my brother can handle, uh, that you would give him a true sensitivity to not only the issues he's been facing, but, but truly the, the people you've brought into his, into his life. And uh, you have gifted this brother with the ability to talk. Uh, you have gifted him with the ability to connect. Uh, and I pray that you would, through his own circumstances, continue, God, to, um, to soften him and prepare him for every good work. And and so, God, we just know that you're doing a work in Eddie. And uh, I, 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 I love what uh, Philippians 1 says. It's, he, you know, you've begun the work in him, and you'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you. Thanks, I, I appreciate your time. All righty, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We're going to move on to Sandy. Sandy in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. I'm so glad that I appreciate you. I just want you to know that. And I'm glad that you're available to answer questions because I've got a dilly for you. All right. Um, Let's see what the Lord has to say about it. Yes. um, I've been a believer for over 20 years. Um, My daughter's nephew-in-law stole a truck a couple years ago and ended up wrapping it around a tree, and he died. He was 16 years old and an unbeliever, raised by um, unbelieving parents. Um, The family is not... They're just not real tuned into God. So my question okay. is, you know, God, I know God is fair. I know He's just. But I, you know, He would just the fact that that He was unsaved, you know, I don't know what to do with it. I, I just can't, I can't rest about it. I just don't know how to answer that. And I'm so, like, I've been with God and in God for the past 20 years, and I, I just don't know what to think about that or where to put it. Does that make sense? Yes and no, because I think the way you frame the question, you already know the answer. So what, what, what's the wrestling? Oh, did, you know, did he, is he in heaven? Why would someone that lived their whole life rejecting God want to be in the presence of Jesus Christ? Why would that, what in your mind is the disconnect between the facts that you gave? Hmm. So, so it, with the way you described it, mm-hmm. I think the Bible answers that pretty clearly. On a, on a practical level, uh, we obviously don't know the heart of men and women. Uh, we don't know. We, we look at a, a kid like this and our hearts ache and we wish it didn't happen. But mm, there are parts mm-hmm. of him we don't know. There are parts of w- there are parts of his life that we know nothing about. And so for me, it just motivates me. I, I don't know. It's too late for this young man. It's too late. Uh, whatever the Whatever the condition of his heart was when he died, he's going to have to face an answer to a holy, like you said, a holy and a righteous God. Right, right. As painful as it is now, uh, either way, if he got saved seconds before he injured himself, I mean, I, I, I think of when you say, uh, when you describe such a horrific tragedy. Um, in my life as a young man, I came extremely close uh, to ending my, to having my life ended, being in a, in a horrific drunk driving accident with my friend, and we wrapped his car. He he was driving, and he wrapped it around a pole. Uh, and, and all of us walked away and it's just the miraculous grace of God. But I was a rank, absolute rank unbeliever at the time. And there was no question about it. And, uh, I'm grateful for the grace of God. And so, uh, Mm. as painful as it is to think of a tragedy like this, part of it, part of what helps me process the hurt and pain that's in the earth today that, you know, when you think of pastors, pray for us because this is what we deal with all day, every day. And and it can be, they, mm-hmm. they call it, um, just like nurses and doctors and medical professionals, paramedics and such, they, they call it mercy fatigue um, because you're ministering and serving people in their worst condition so much. And one of the mm-hmm. things that helps me is, um, wow, 
the, this young man, there's nothing we can do about it. There's a lot of young men and women that are still alive that we can do something about. And, right. and I want to focus my energy uh, as much as I can to comfort the hurting. You know, like I think of his parents. I think of even if, the, you know, even if they um, still continue to live separate from God, he still loves them. And so do we. And right. grief is, is horrific for a believer. It's triple horrific for an unbeliever. And and so I I know we come to these dilemmas when we face a God that, you know, sometimes, and I'm not saying you said this, but for the sake of everyone listening, it's like, well, you know, if I was God, I would do it this way. Um, but but we're, I'm grateful we're not God. And right. I can trust him right. and how he's going to sort it out. And I want to keep going after the lost that are still alive and ministering Absolutely. to these kids and families. But the way you yeah. describe the scenario, there's really no biblical way around uh, the conclusion that the Bible declares. Right, right. So so, well, so we just hope something happened. Um, I thought right. the way that the... So let me let me add one more concept to everyone listening in, because the way that the call screener framed it, I thought it was going to be a more common question, and that's this. A believer living for the Lord goes through a season of backsliding and, and dies in that condition or dies uh, and mm-hmm. with it, committing some sin. What happens to them? And well, the answer they, is yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that God doesn't judge us on our last act on earth. He judges us. By our faith in Jesus Christ and His mm. work of being bringing new life to us, and and that's a common question around this topic as well. Thank you for your time, and I guess thanks. Some things, some things, you know, we will never know the answer to, and that's okay. I'm good with that because I trust in and love my Father. I mean, He knows He knows what's going on. He knows he what's up. So and, and, I and trust the in thing. that. We wrestle now, but the Bible says. When, mm. when we are in the presence of the Lord, we will know even as we are known. And that, that, that full knowledge, we will, I, I'm, I promise, all the disagreements, all the controversy, all the craziness of the world today, when we're in the presence of God, we will agree with Him. Mm, absolutely. We can't not agree with him. I mean, he's so much bigger than, yeah, all of, yeah, he's gone, well, period. But in the re- in reality, there, I, I mean, in reality and now, we do disagree with God quite a bit, and it's a battle between the spirit and the flesh. Mm, we would, definitely. you know, if we really agreed with God on everything, we'd never be in the flesh. <laughs> right, so right. the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But it's there's so coming weak. a day when the pr- the principle and the presence of sin uh, in our flesh will be removed, and mm. we won't have that. We don't have to deal with that nonsense anymore. I just think that'll be my best day ever. It oh, it, our, it'll be the instant. <laughs> you bet. But thanks for calling and thanks for waiting. Thank you, sir. Take care. All God right. bless you. Thank you. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Luke is on line two, calling from Lakewood, Colorado. Luke, welcome to the program. Hey, Ed, thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> I just had a question, so and a uh, prayer request, if that's okay. Um, sure. So I'm actually a few years in recovery, and uh, it's been great. You know, I've been involved in a good church. I do a lot of service. Um, I feel like the first few years of my recovery have been kind of superficial, a little bit more okay. surfacey. Now that I'm approaching year three, I feel like it's a lot more in-depth, like working on my character and uh, renewing my mind a lot. And um, so someone referred me to a book, 
which is actually written by Joyce Meyer. It's called Battlefield of the Mind. Okay. And I know she's a, a little controversial. I've been reading it. I don't really see anything that's, like, unbiblical about it. But my question is, with something like this, do I just do my best to comb through it and just accept the good and reject the bad if there's anything in, in it? Or, or if it's someone who's in the Word of Faith move it, movement, do I just totally reject it and stay away from that kind of stuff? I don't know. Well, there's a couple things. You know, first of all, um, I, I don't agree with all of Joyce Meyer's theology, and I do believe there are better women teachers out there and better teachers on the topics that she covers. I don't, I, I don't agree with the Word of Faith. I don't agree with some of the crazy things she said in the past that sometimes she says she's backed off. And, not, and, and so I, I, I just don't recommend her. I think there are better teachers out there. However, as believers, sometimes it is necessary that we learn how to chew the meat and spit out the bones. I think you're too young in your faith to be able to do that, just the way you described your life. And I think it might... I don't know what she writes in there. I don't think everything she says is bad, but that's the problem, right? With people that don't always teach accurate, that they don't always say bad things. It's the bad things they say that you're unable to discern. Uh, and and so personally, I don't read word faith teachers. Personally, I don't follow them. Personally, I don't recommend them. And in some cases, I flat out call their call their teaching false doctrine. And so if you were just saying, Ed, should I read Joyce Meyer? I'd say no. There are better resources available to you that will feed your soul that at this stage in your relationship with Jesus, you don't have to worry about some weird thing in there. Um, for the mature Christians listening, you know, you can, we all, I read a lot of things and I read a lot of people um, and I need to learn how to chew the meat and spit out the bones, but that's what I do for my life. Um, but I can't recommend her in any way whatsoever. All right, well, I appreciate that, and and then just my request would be, um, now that I'm growing older, I'm I'm almost 36, and I'm okay. really just starting to see and feel the value and uh, pressing into God. I feel like, you know, I, I grew up in church, but my it's always been kind of like going through the motions kind of thing, and, uh, and now that I'm starting to actually have more of a personal relationship with God, it just... It seemed kind of passive, in a way, yes. and so I've just really been trying to pray John three thirty over my life, just more of Him and less of me. And uh, I don't know. Um, I, I guess just that God would give me the desire um, and just show me how, just to I don't know, just quiet myself more and okay. uh, more of Him. So. Uh, have you gone through any kind of basic discipleship yet? Well, I've gone through... I, I go to Red Rocks Church, and they have um, Christ-Centered Recovery, and I've I've okay. gone through a, a men's study, and they actually, I'm actually able to lead one right now, which has been really a big blessing to me. Um, I've just been trying to make myself available. So uh, I have a, a couple mentors... Um, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible about things. Like, I guess I'm just kind of new to this kind of stuff, and um, okay. sometimes the Bible's overwhelming, but I, I'm i just really, I'm hungry. I'm desperate. Okay, so that's good. So I've got some, I, so I want you to email me. Okay. Uh, and it goes right to me. It's uh, go 
my personal email is Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org. And I'm going to send you a packet that you can print out. And, and it's a daily devotional that will walk you through, I think it's three to four months, I'm not sure, but just a, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes a day, as much as you want to invest, to lay a real strong foundation for you in understanding the character and nature of God. And uh, you said Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org? Yeah, CalvaryAurora.org, Pastor Ed, and it's A-U-R-O-R-A. And then when you're done with that, you can email me back and I'll send you more um, to really help give that foundation. And And I'm sure you've been taught this, but it's worth uh, affirming if you haven't. And that is, through Jesus Christ, you no longer need to be in recovery. You've been delivered. And <laughs> A lot of the things I need to start recognizing, just rev- revelations of his love and grace, because I just feel like I'm carrying yes. around a lot of shame a lot. Um and I even went to your church one time, uh, just for the yes. inductive Bible study. And uh, there's just a, it was awesome, but there's a lot of those resources I haven't gotten yet. I did download the Blue, the Blue Letter, Blue Letter Bible, Bible, which Good. is pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, it is. It's a great free resource. I mean, I wish I had those things when I was a new believer. Uh, okay, so um, so let me let's talk a little bit because I know people listening in are are in a similar situation. Um, and and that is spiritual growth does take time, right? And and so don't whether whether it's shame or whether it's um, you know whether it's just just the weight of temptation. Um, there's so many things that you are are dealing with that um, that the Lord is going to develop you and grow you, you it, so that you don't be offended. Just understand that as a believer, you're a baby. And the only way to grow as a baby is to feed on God's Word and do it. That's where growth comes from. And and I don't mean that you develop this new relationship where you're measuring everything by your activity. Instead, I'm just, I'm speaking of this normal progress of doing what you know God wants you to do when you know you're supposed to do it, like you're doing right now. You you think it's just a simple phone call to the radio, but I tell you that the Holy Spirit was prompting you to get more information, and you obeyed. And I, we miss these things. Like, we just think, we just kind of give them, we kind of give credit to, well, you know, it's a radio and I can give a call. Yeah, it's good. You're right. In the practical realm, you did call. But in reality, I believe that the Holy Spirit prompted you not only to call for yourself, but I just saw somebody email that's asking for the same information of things that you're going through. So right now, somebody just emailed and asked. They took my email address and asked for the information I'm going to send you. So not only is God ministering to you, but to other people because of your obedience. That's what I mean. Well, you know, I think with with all the material things we're surrounded with around uh, in this country, people are hungry and I, mean, I just know that, you know, in my sobriety, um, it's really been uh, eye-opening as far as, you know, there's been some things that have reared their ugly head in my life lately, 
um, which is basically the aftermath of some of the things that I've trashed my mind with, like pornography and substance abuse. Sure. Uh, I just the only the only way that I know how to go about dealing with it is with God. You know, it's it's he's he's the one that made me, and so I'm just trying to go straight to him. And it's just uh, good. There's a lot to take on. You you know, you're a great example too. You know, for me, I have been I have been sober now 28 years, and and the reason why I choose, and, and you're another example, and it's good for people to hear this. But the reason I choose not to exercise my freedom to drink alcohol or to go in that direction uh, is for people like you. Because I want to be able to look you in the eye and say, it is possible to stay clean and sober and completely usable into the hands of God. And I would hate for you to be stumbled by the, the reality of me exercising a freedom and not thinking of of you, uh, even though I've never met you, but now we met on the radio to say, listen, sobriety and soberness is God's call for your life, and and it's only going to get better, not worse, Luke. It's going to get better as the Lord continues to grow you and strengthen you. Well, I really appreciate that, too, because uh, even I see like in the West, there's a lot of churches that... Um, Drinking, casual drinking is kind of popular now, and um, and I don't know. I just don't even want to meddle around with that kind of stuff anymore. So people that actually um, just say no to all that, I, I really appreciate that. So I've been delivered so much from alcohol that it's not a temptation for me. I mean, it really isn't. Um, and I've been through some significant trauma, and one of the things the Lord showed me that even in that trauma, not even not even a second was I tempted to go back to alcohol um, the way in any way, but especially the way that I was delivered. Uh, and so it's not because I'm afraid or it's not because uh, maybe I'll go back and it'll ruin my life again. No, now my life is not about me. I don't want it to ruin someone else's life. And right. I don't, I don't, I want to be able to say the best that I can um, uh, in the power of God lived out of my life. And, you know, one of the verses you should memorize um, if you haven't started memorizing the Bible, please start memorizing. Just take out a piece of paper or a three-by-five card uh, and start memorizing these passages. The first one is in Second um, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And that's you. That's you, Luke. And you're a new creation in Christ, and you're living a new life, and the past is behind you, and you're looking to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Um, and another one I would encourage you to look to memorize is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And isn't it's just so encouraging to think of all the work that God has done in your life. And well, he's and not, not done, only, he's just beginning. Well, not only that, but well, thanks for those verses, too. I do have some flashcards going, but I don't have either of those. But um, 
But no, the cool thing, kind of to piggyback off what you just said, is and uh, God, it's so cool that He allows us to be a part of what He's doing. Yes. I really appreciate appreciate that about my church because they they're so adamant about just letting you be involved in whatever avenue of that church and um, mm-hmm. just jump right on in. Uh, no matter what's in your past or anything. Amen. We're coming up on the end of the show. Let me give you one more verse that you can add to your cards. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. It says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, will have an abundance for every good work. And it's just the powerful, glorious grace of God. So let's pray, because we only got 60 seconds. So Father, I pray for my new friend Luke, that you would continue to strengthen him and grow him in his understanding of your love and mercy and grace. Keep him sober, Lord, by keeping him close to you, living out that new life in him, through him, in Jesus' name. Amen. And what do I email again? Pastor Ed. Is to send me the information? Yeah, Pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org. Just remind me of the phone call, and I'll, I have the links all ready to send. All right. Thank you so, so much. Okay, bro. See you. Hey, thanks for joining me this afternoon, everyone. Uh, we're done. Uh, come to church this weekend. Love to serve you at Calvary Church. Um, overflowing with love and mercy and grace, as well as people. We're really blessed. So we'd love to have you be a part of it. God bless you. Have a great night in Jesus. Um, stay strong in the grace of God. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.